everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kaiser Bender and Baum's Retail Adventures Podcast. I'm Jason, the Baum in Kaiser Bender and Baum, and with me as always are George and Rich. Good morning, Jason. The Bender and the Kaiser in Kaiser Bender and Baum. <laughs> the Bender and the Kaiser. You know, I'm running out of ways to open it up, so I think I just might on the next episode go, hey there. We're back. And that's it. How are you? How are you? We're all going a little insane, I feel like, these days. I wonder what, like, the profession I should have chosen to go into should have been therapy. Because I think I'd be killing it right now. <laughs> I think any therapist would be killing it right now. Yeah, I probably shouldn't joke about that, but I don't know. I feel like we're all going a little, little nuts these days. So, welcome back to another episode. We are... I don't know. I honestly was going to say the day. I don't recall what day it is. I think we're basically two months in. We're two months into a lockdown. People are getting their hair cut in the street and <laughs> states are starting to reopen. And this is, you know, the, the now normal, as you guys said last week so eloquently. Life in May 2020. May Stick 2020. around. It'll be different in 20 minutes. Right? I would love to see the documentary on this in 20 years from now. I just don't want to be living it in the moment. It'll be an honored, honored interview, though. You know, in, in 20 years or something, you people will want to talk to you like we wanted to talk to those guys and gals that made their way through the Depression. You know, yeah. it's a, such an upheaval. And, and you know what? It's a mind game as well. you got to control what you're doing and you know, so how true. you're thinking and how you behave. Yeah, you do. Yep. Yeah. So what's and happened you talk, in the world, what's happened in the world right now, Jason? Yeah. Rich brought up the uh, Great Depression and not to go down that road too far, but, um, you know, we are the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, uh, was released this morning. We are recording this on May 12th. It was released at 9.15 a.m. Eastern and its CPI went down 20%. Uh, which is a record drop and the worst that we've seen since the Great Recession, uh, 2008-2009. And it basically is, um, you know, in, in just for a frame of reference, we began the year at 2.5%. We went down to 1.5% in March, and it is now at 0.3%. And Rich, we were kind of talking about this earlier, and some of the some of the things that are contributing to CPI, obviously there's a lot that contributes to CPI. For example, oil, gas, um, you know, various industries that are that are really hurting in the moment, like hotels, travel, airlines. And then there's some things that are actually doing okay in the moment. But basically what this means is the economy is flat. There is no um there's no um uh, inflation. That ain't good. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, overall, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are some advantage takers that will be able to take advantage of this, uh, certainly in an economy. But for the vast majority of people, that they're not going to, I, I would guess. But this, Jason, wasn't it the largest drop since when? The Great Recession. The Great Recession. Okay, so that was in eight. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. And it just means that you know 
if you're looking to rent space, you might get a better deal because you could tie it into the consumer price index, and which is lower now, and uh, maybe it would make a difference. But it is a, I think it's certainly a, a, a number to rattle everybody to say, watch yourself. Watch yourself and watch what's happening in the economy. That's a lot, by the way, to be that low. It is a lot. Um, but we were talking about some, some trying to read the positives of what this means too, because it's not all negative. So obviously, you know, the, the places where there was in, there were increases, um, was in groceries and, uh, the price of like poultry and beef, those were obvious increases. Um, but the one big one that we were talking about before and something that really, um, kind of contributes to long-term health of the economy is the housing market. And unlike the Great Recession, the housing market was actually up. So when you look at long-term health of the economy, I think what we were saying that says, and what I, I've been kind of reading when Market Watch and everything else that I've been trying to educate myself about this whole thing is that the long-term, you know, basically this is an economic disaster caused by things that are outside of the hands of the economy. This was a health, this is a health issue. And we were in a healthy economy before, and it looks like projections of a long-term economy are still healthy. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it, like CPI scares everybody. It never scared me when I was leasing space. I can tell you that right now, because every increase I ever negotiated in this kind of an environment was tied into the CPI. And uh, I always won, you know what I mean? If we knew it was going to stay low. But I, well, the thing that's scaring me more than anything is the people's unsettled atmosphere in their minds on what's happening in the marketplace. And, and that being the case, nothing good can come of that. You know what? I, I really believe that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of jittery people out there right now. And it's breaking my heart, you know, to come back to our home, so to speak, and, and look at the retailers that you know are not going to do it. I mean, you know, the, the retailers I talked to four weeks ago said, you know, I've got a sliver of a chance, sliver of a chance, and they're very optimistic. Uh, now they're, they're at the end of the line, so to speak. They don't have the ability to continue. So there's a lot of push and pull here. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of people that are probably smiling over the CPI, and there's a lot of people that are in chagrin about that, I think. Well, you two are just full of sunshine. So all I can say. Well, no, it's it's not a bad thing everybody's, that inflation is not going up. Go, what? It's not a bad thing that inflation is at a is at a stalemate. That is that there is no inflation right now because right now nobody's bringing in money, no one's spending money, and inflation isn't going up because of it, and that's a right. good thing. If inflation continued to rise right now, there this would take a long time to recover from. But I think everybody's optimistic that once we're able to get out and spend, that people will spend by keeping inflation low. That means people will be able to spend. Yeah, I'm optimistic. You know, there are lots of stores opening around the country right now. And it's a, it's a very different world. And consumers um, need to expect some different things as they go into stores. You know, Walgreens has those pickup windows if you're going through to pick up your prescriptions. But up until this, up until very recently, if you went through one of those drive-thrus and you said, hey, I'd like a couple of 
couple of Hershey's bars and a quart of milk, they go go in the store. Well, now they've launched their order ahead shopping for drive-through pickup across all 7,300 of their locations, and they're returning to normal store hours. I was in a Walgreens not too long ago, and they were they were busy, stocked, ready for customers. Now, Jared's Rich, just in case you decide you want to do a little wedding planning, they have launched a virtual wedding planning site with tools for guests and officiants and management. And there's a, all doing it with the hashtag love, hashtag love can't wait. So what does Jared have to do with meeting planning, wedding planning? Nothing. But stores are looking for new opportunities. So now, Say you're lucky enough to be in one of those states where you can actually go into a store. Can't do that here. Can't do that where you are, Jason, right? Everything's so closed. I think we're a long way away from the that. The big debate right now is fitting rooms and returns. Yeah. The big debate right now is fitting rooms and returns. So, some examples of what retailers are doing. The Gap has closed all their fitting rooms. And if you return something, it has to be quarantined for 24 hours before it can be returned to stock. Now that's kind of optimistic because they are accepting returns. There are a lot of stores that aren't accepting returns yet, and that's going to be a nightmare because who wants to buy clothes if you can't if you, you can't try them on, and if they don't fit, you can't return them. Who's going to want to buy them? Would you guys? I wouldn't. Rich is looking at me like I don't buy clothes that often. It doesn't matter. I would, just spray, huh? I would just spray everything with Lysol. Let's let it happen. Let's go. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, um, you know, shopping in a post-pandemic world, right? That's what we're talking about. Right. Um, LinkedIn has been a really good source of information. Um, they've been curating a lot of content that's, that's being posted and, and that is out there. And they said that um, mall giant Simon Property Group Right. Said biggest that, mall owner in the country. Yeah, biggest mall owner in the country said 50% of its properties will open in the next week. Um, but that they're seeing that people aren't confident. So a recent poll from them said that 65% of women don't feel safe trying on clothes in stores. Going back to what you were just kind of just circling back to what you just said. Yeah. You know, everybody is has got something else. Saks Fifth Avenue is going to have the dress rooms open, but they're going to be fewer available and they have to be sanitized after every use. And you know, you're talking about, you find good information about the whole quarantine on LinkedIn. Everything is about following the science. It doesn't mean, well, I think it's okay. I can just spray things with Lysol or I can use a steamer. If that's not listed by the government or by your state, community as an acceptable way to combat the virus it doesn't matter what you think or what I think or what your best friend told you or what the retailer down the street said you really have to follow the science and that's CDC guidelines right that are that are out yes yeah Target closed all their fitting rooms they quarantine closed for three days Saks quarantines them for 48 hours Macy's is having fewer dressing rooms with more frequent sanitation and they hold merchandise for 24 hours before they bring it back. Now, beyond that, 
beyond apparel retailers, people are offering no touch consultations and demonstrations. So if you want to, if you want to look at makeup, they'll put it on a piece of paper for you. If you want to smell a perfume, they put it on a piece of blotter paper so you can smell it. If you want to learn how to put makeup on in a cosmetic department, they have a paper diagram and they show you how to do that. Does that mean when I walk into Macy's, no one's going to spray me in the face? Nobody's going to spray you in the face. Did anybody ever really spray you in the face? I've been sprayed. (laughs) (laughs) I used to work across the street from the Herald Square Macy's. When you walk in there, you are like, (laughs) you are sprayed from every direction. Taking your nose in your hands? Yes. That's today's today's t-shirt. I feel like, have you ever seen the Marvelous Miss Maisel? Yes. Yeah, I feel like when you know that there's some truth to her, to that whole uh, her working in that store and them you know spraying you when you walk well, in. Rich and I both worked in department stores in the '70s, and I got to tell you what, it, she in in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel she calls it the show. I want to be on the show on the big show, and that means that you get to work mm-hmm. on the sales floor with customers. Yep. There was nothing like department stores in the 70s except maybe in the 60s 50s 40s and 20s but what a magical place right rich i mean where dreams came true it was so awesome jason it was everyone was dressed to the nines and polite and the the departments were gleaming and marble and just a beautiful place to be gorgeous fitting rooms nothing like the self-service that you see now so, I mean, how do they retain that culture in a post or not even post current COVID environment? You know, I think stores like Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus and stores that have incredibly high customer service, they will figure it out. They will figure out a way to have during COVID and post COVID standards standards that you know maybe aren't exactly what it was like to shop beforehand but you will not feel slighted in those stores you will not feel unimportant you will feel protected i think they'll they'll just figure it out i mean every day retailers are evolving into something else yeah i mean it's interesting i think about customer service because you know i feel i'm in a customer service field um it's hard to have great customer service when you're face to face, but you want to avoid the person at all costs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's hard. You know, one of the things that we saw this week came out of Martin Patrick three, which is this incredible men's clothing accessories and furniture store in Minneapolis. And we got an email from a man that we know who works there directly from the sales associate. So not from the company, they do their own, but the sales associate sent a, sent a note out with a picture of himself wearing a mask. Robert Elder is his name, wearing a mask. And it said on there, I can help you with anything. You wanna to put together outfits, you wanna do it virtually, you want curbside pickup, you want me to recommend things, we can do a Zoom call. I mean, they're, they're looking for ways to make it as normal as possible when nothing is normal. And nothing is normal. Um, if decisions are made from the basis of the mind of the consumer versus the mind of the retailer, they're always going to do the right things. That being merged with the fact that the minds of the consumers today uh, don't, don't 
don't push me to the wall on this, but the minds of the consumers are more accepting about the risk that they take when they go out. And what I'm what I what I mean by that is you walk into stores today that that have a, a had a great reputation, do have a great reputation, and customers that are in those stores, there are people in there. There's not there's not a hundred percent for sure adherence to the space between anybody when they're walking through those stores. So what I'm saying is I think there's a comfort level from consumers. Is that dangerous? Yeah, I do think it's dangerous. And I think that's why a lot of stores, you know, mandate that you're going to put a mask on at least um, when you walk in the store. But you know, you're right, George, I, but, but retail circus and circus is entertainment. And a lot of people, want some circus in their life right now and they're getting tired about being in their house and so i i see more and more of it more and more of it i've never been an online shopper except for the very essentials that you know i i can source online but i like to go in stores and i like to touch things and i like to try them on and try you know it's a, it's a tactical experience and i'm not gonna be able to do that i understand why i understand the science why i can't do that i understand why i have to wear a mask i get all those things and to me there's still an excitement level of being able to go back into a store so i will roll with those things but then you got those people that don't think that the rules apply to them that are fighting it that we talked to a couple of independent retailers this week who are in states where it's mandated that you will wear a mask when you go into a store when you're outside not walking in a park you will wear a mask and people just i don't know if they're trying to fuck the system you know what it is but they they absolutely refuse to wear masks when they come into stores and it's a mandate you have to and then it's up to the retailer you know i, I own a i own a dress shop and i'm used to selling you wonderful outfits and accessories and I, i'm not ready to police some guy who's larger than I am who wants to come into my store and not wear a mask, but yet that's my responsibility now. Well, I think that goes back to, you know, what you were saying before, whether you can like touch the merchandise, you know, how often you clean it, all those things that, you know, I guess, Rich, I get your point about, you know, retail is a circus and retail is entertainment and you should, I mean, you, you liken it to Disney, Disneyland a lot of times, you know, the model and, you know, but I don't know from a health standpoint, and I know what the, I know what maybe the average consumer customer, you know, I want to get out of my house and I want to go somewhere and I want to have normalcy, but maybe that isn't a reality in the moment. And so how do you navigate both of those things so that you could still have a great experience, but also be health conscious, safe. And what they're basically saying is go in, get what you need and get out because right now, that's all you can do. I suppose Best Buy has set a standard. Uh, their standard as, you know, you make the appointment, you go in, you're with that one person, you don't touch. Um, you know, they, they've got it down to a, a concierge level experience. You get the whole store, but you're under control of this one person that's taking you around. Do I think that that will, will sit with a lot of consumers? Probably not. I mean, I'm you know, I just bought a television before this whole thing started and you know what I was doing? I was turning it on. I'm sorry, George, what'd you say? No, uh, I was turning them on and I wanted to be interactive. But that being the case, 
you know, I think they're doing the right thing. They probably set the bar really higher than anybody else has set the bar so far is working with customers under control. And I think that's what's going to happen in a lot of retail stores because they, you know what? I walked in a retailer the other day and a guy did, was not wearing a mask and he was, he was, they turned him around. He said, do you have to leave? Okay. So <clears throat> I, I'm a merchant. Rich is a merchant. Jason, you will be a merchant by the time we're done with you. But here's, here's the thing. You can still have the circus that Rich is talking about. It's just a little bit different. Circus to me, as I walk in the store and I see wonderful displays at the front of the store, and I see great looking window displays that get me excited about buying. I was in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin last week and I was at the Cornerstone shop and they had, they had their windows full of product. Now they're not open to the public yet. I think Wisconsin can open later next week, but they're not open to the public. So in the window, they had all these great merchandise, all this great merchandise and they had it numbered with a price on it. So all I had to do was stand on the sidewalk, call the store, phone numbers and big, big letters on the door, call the, call the, the store and say, I'd like a number 10 and I'd like it in a size eight and I'd like it in red. And they put it together. You read them your credit card number. They bring it out to the store. That's circus. It's circus when I walk by a window at night and the display is lit up and I can see the display and I can see a little bit in the store. Or when I, I walk in and I look at a speed bump or feature ends or, you know, the, the displays that you have set up for me to shop, that's still circus. And that's never going to go away. I love those examples. See that you just named a few examples where people can do it safely. You know what? I, I can tell you back in 1975, I must say 75, maybe 1979, I was working with a company. We were opening stores and, and one of the big shots that, that owned the company said, told us, he said, I want to start looking at a different profile and the profile he wanted to do. He said, I want to, I want to show in the front and, and bag it in the back. And, and the reason that he was moved to that is because rents were going up like crazy at the time. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to run a 30,000 foot store. So we ended up running 18,000 foot stores, big, nice front end with displays and a back room filled with product. Customers would come in and they'd take a look and then they would say, okay, I'll take this and they'd pull it from the back. And it was like a fulfillment center out the door you go. Didn't last more than a year and a half, as I recall. And, and the reason it didn't is because department stores are really glad people wanted to go into the circus, like George said. Right. But did it work? It did work. Was it controlled? To the nth degree. There was no shoplifting in that store. I can remember that. So the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. And we didn't have anything lost. What's good? Unless unemployed. Um, people want to go into stores. I mean, I, I there are, they want an experience. There was a, toward the end of, 2019 we started to see shops like Nordstrom local open up where you could get alterations and get your hair cut and get a manicure and have some juice and you could order merchandise online and have it delivered there and then someone would help you accessorize it I'm not sure how you did that did you buy these did they have the, they didn't have the accessories in the store so you'd have to order them again you know that to me I can do that online I don't need to go into a place to see anybody to do that except maybe if I need alterations so the story you're describing, Rich, I don't know. We want to be in, around, touch, and feel the merchandise. And, you know, 
I get the whole you're not supposed to touch things. I was in Target last week and they have a big they have signs all over the place, don't touch the displays. And I said to one of the salespeople who works there, I can't touch anything in here. And they said, No, you, we don't want you to touch and sit on the displays, the mannequins, the things like that. Okay, it's so like, yeah, I mean, think about when you go into a grocery store. There's still circus in a grocery store. They're sh still showing you merchandise outposts and stacked goods and fruits and vegetables. And, and we go into grocery stores and we touch vegetables, we touch fruit. You know, so I, 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 get, I get following the science, but I, I just think that we as consumers will adapt. One of the things though, that retailers are going to have to adapt, and we talked about this um, last year, earlier this year, in an article that we wrote in, in one of our presentations, and that's contactless payments. Contact with what? Contactless payments. So for the first time ever, before this pandemic even started, for the first time ever, more than half of Americans were using contactless payments. That's where, you know, I can go into, I can go into Starbucks and I just tap my phone and it pays for my, yeah. for my drink, or I can use Apple Pay or I can use Google Pay. When you buy something in a store now and you use your credit card, the person, had, the cashier has to come out from behind the cash register, clean the machine, clean the counter where you stood, and then go back. And there's a lot of companies now that aren't taking money at all. They're not taking cash at all. So all those millennials that didn't want to have a credit card. They all have them. Now's the time to get one. I guess they I was all doing that anyway. Card. I wasn't using cash. I'd much rather use or a credit card. I've used cash in a very long time. Apple Pay makes it so easy. Yeah. I always forget my wallet anyway. I, I think it's impressive when I pull out all those singles out of my, you know, that wad of singles, dude. <laughs> big time. It has. It's, it's big a, wad of singles isn't really that three impressive. Inch water, <laughs> three inch water rolled singles and he's got a hundred, two hundred. Plenty more where that top. came from. <laughs> make it rain, make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> make it rain. So there are a lot of companies that offer contactless payment in case you don't have it yet. You need to really look into it because that's the, the easiest and most sanitized way to take money from customers. Payment Depot is a company we work with a lot. This is not, not a paid announcement, but they have something called Swipe Simple. And it's a mobile app that allows you to accept payments on any iOS or Android mobile device. It's got the EMV Quick Chip, Seriously, if you don't have contactless payment yet, you need to get it because customers are going to expect it. We're heading to a cashless society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, the restaurants are already already doing that. Phoning it in. Phoning it in. Just don't ask me to get that tattoo on my wrist because, you know, homie going to starve to death. Jason's looking at me like I'm nuts. That's... Little, little Catholic thing you're going to have to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Christian. All right. New product. Who's <laughs> laughing at me? Cash flow, Rich. Yeah. So this is a question that we get from a lot of retailers. Do I mark down my past season's goods? Do I pack them away? What do I do? Oh, you know what? I've been going around on, 
I bet you I've talked to 150 retailers. And they said to me, they said, you know what? We got a lot of stuff packed away and I'm going to keep it because it's good stuff. I don't think merchandise is like wine. It doesn't get better with time. Now there are some basic items you can get away with and, and some don't think the customer's stupid because they're not. They walk in and they see an old pair of shorts that you have from last year's offering uh, that maybe it never even got out on the floor. And they're not ricked into thinking that, boy, that's a great shot at $32. What that does is ruin the perception they have of your entire store. So, George, you know, you know when, we, when we visit and work and consult with stores, one of the things I ask is I want to see the backest of the back rooms. And I always want to see what kind of merchandise they have back there. Because I, I like to tell everybody this, and I can't really back it up, but I know I'm close. 1% a month. Everything that you put away, take the cost value of it and add 1% a month. So you think you're being smart by bringing it out next year. You have just depleted your, your uh, initial margin by probably eight to nine points all off the box. Now you're going to take a markdown. So to, to not, without, I get excited about this. So that, messes up, that messes up your cash flow right now when people need cash. Well. You can't, you know, you you can't you know, dump, buy new goods when something's in your money. Home. Get the money, get the sale now, do what you have to do. If it's basic, 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 basic product, you can probably get away with it. But you know what? I've heard a lot of retailers say, no, we bring them out on the sidewalk sale. It's a giveaway. That's not a margin item, and it never is, and they'll admit to it afterwards. But uh, you put it on the floor, you're not fooling anybody. Consumer's too smart now. So they know what they, they might buy it, but I'm going to buy that pair of shorts that has a $28 ticket on it. I'm going to buy it for $9.99. And there's I a way, there is a way to move that merchandise because we spoke to a retailer last week and I think, and I spoke to another one where they're doing these like consultation sales through their store where they take people through and they show them the latest and greatest. And um, you know, they're also doing, like uh, Facebook lives from the store and, and call me if you're interested in one of these items. So there's way to, ways to move that, that inventory. Absolutely. The old inventory? Yeah. You're talking about old inventory? Well, spring, in, spring goods got in around Easter when right. your store was closed. You know? Merchandise is not like wine. It doesn't get better with time. It'll never be any other way. So if I can get my money now, I'm going to take my money now and that's what they're doing i mean they're they're going out they're sacrificing margin but they're getting their money back that, that's not, smart. i mean you know you're not going to fool people you know what old navy's doing what they're donating 30 million dollars of clothing to families in need wow. across america why what's wrong with the clothing nothing but i'm sure it's, it's rich kaiser <laughs> it's i'm old. sure it's past I season and past I, wanted, season. I wanted you to say it's old dated I said past season, probably. Oh, oh okay, I didn't hear that. All right. It goes to families in need, and it gets it off their books, and there's a tax write-off. So that's another thing retailers can do. If you have a bunch of old stock, you can take a tax write-off. Yeah, right. they're doing something good with it. Right. I think that's hey, great. You, know, you got to be really careful when you're in retail today. If, if you've got a lot of older age or out-of-season merchandise, and you're putting it on the floor and trying to to bang it out with signs and things, you got to be careful because that's a point of impression. And you know, you don't want customers to think you're turning into a bargain basement. 
That's why I think you just get rid of it in season, get the maximum amount of margin dollars and reinvest them into something that you don't have to worry about it aging right now. It, it kind of surprised us this week, Jason. We talked to a couple of, or more than a couple of retailers who, you know, were into, in, in a couple of days, our business will have been closed for two months. So stores have at least been closed that long. And, and it, it kind of amazed us that we're still talking to people who are not selling online, who are Just, frozen. They don't think it's important. They don't know how to do it. And it's so easy. Call Shopify. I mean, we had a whole podcast on it. It's when you just said it's been two months and they've been closed, I'm shaking my head because there is no excuse in this world to be closed right now. The internet exists. Right. Why are you not taking advantage of it? Some people aren't. So we're talking about creating new opportunities. This morning, Rich, Jason told me about a salon in Kansas City. It's called Salon Inspire. And so in their community, they have something called a 10-10-10 reopening procedure. I don't know what that means. I'll have to read that somewhere. But completely within guidelines, they went out into their parking lot and they put up tents like you would see at a craft fair. Tents, there's about eight of them. And each tent is social distance and it belongs to another hair designer and they're doing haircuts in the parking lot. And and they're all wearing masks. They're all wearing masks. The customers wearing gloves. They're, you know, they're, they're protected. And there's a video of it. If you Google it, Salon Inspire in Kansas City, there's a video of it. And people are beside themselves excited. My, I need you to know, get my hair cut so badly. I can't even do it. <laughs> you know what? It, I always say there's, there's business people, there's smart business people, and there's smart, creative business people, and there's smart, creative, hungry business people. And you just walked into a, a den of hungry people that are creative and want to do something, and, and they did. Figure it out. Everybody's yeah. waiting to open up their front door, but we haven't been able to. Uh, and you know what? The, the, the curb is available to you, pal. Those who adapt are going to do better. And that's just what we're seeing. They're adapting to the environment that's been handed to them. They're not complaining. And they did something. And now they're getting business. Simple as that. I I, I love fried chicken. Man, I mean, I love it. Shouldn't eat it, you know, but I love it. Okay. And there's a place right not not a mile from my house. It's been there for years. Fried chicken. And I walked into that. Now it's a little restaurant. But he does do takeout. And, uh. I thought, well, I can get some chicken over there and take it home because I know you can't eat in there. I asked him how business was. He said he was running, I think he said 37% over last year, which was a banner year. How is that possible? And he said, well, I got the delivery service people, like I, I think maybe Uber and all those other ones that pick up and deliver product. He got the word out somehow on the street. And he said, man, I am selling chicken like you wouldn't believe. Well, there's a lot of companies like that who have, have paid attention and they're selling, they're selling online, they're selling curbside. So that they're, they're hungry. And mm-hmm. that's well, true. Banquets, yeah, that's banquets um, you know, like um, local wedding halls and places like that, that maybe on occasion had like a Sunday brunch or a Mother's Day thing. You know, now they're doing, I'm, at least here where I am, I'm seeing those banquet halls having like to-go orders and, and um, deliveries and things like that to stay afloat. Uh, Hannah's Home Accents 
I guess it's now it's called Hannah's in Antioch, Illinois, has a small scrapbooking section. They are blowing scrapbooking items out of the store and they're doing Facebook lives and they're doing all sorts of social media offers and email blasts and they're, but they're working it. Um, and every Saturday, my husband and I pick a different town and we walk around and look in windows and talk to retailers if they're outside. And this past week we went to St. Charles, which is the 30 year home of Kaiser and Bender speaking. And that's where our office is. And I, I stopped in at jeans and a cute top shop. So it was the day before Mother's Day. And the owner, Jill, was standing there with her mask on. And outside of the store, she had a, a sandwich chalkboard that talked about her, her offer for Mother's Day, which was a box. And there were several different boxes you could choose from. It was a, a book, a top, and leggings, and something else for 50 bucks. And she had them in these cute packages. You could just pick up, you know, the size you wanted. And she'd handle the whole thing at the curb. It, brilliant. She was selling a lot of them. You know, if, if you're a retailer now, bundle product together. A bundle something I saw, and this is going to be a weird example because it's not exactly retail, but I live down the street from, uh, it's the oldest Catholic church here in, I believe it might be one of the oldest in Bergen County. Um, it, it used to be, um, well, I'm talking to, to George Ann, like there's nobody around us, but, um, you know, it used to be part of what was Hackensack <laughs> back in the, back in, the, and Hackensack still exists, but it used to go all the way down um, for most of, of Bergen County, New Jersey. But anyway, Guys, uh, I'm from Bergen County. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why we're having this private why, conversation yeah. okay. in front of everybody. But yeah, there's this church that's down the street from me and they have bags of rosaries. So you and it's all lined up. And it's basically you walk up and you take one and you can make a donation to the church and, and take it home with you. And that's how they have it set up. Not have exactly retail in traditional sense, but. Have you taken one yet? I have not. I, I have not personally, but I've walked by many times and thought about it. <laughs> take one, I'll show, you, I'll show you how to use it. <laughs> Jason was looking to see how he can make his own bag out of the best out of all of them, right? And then... <laughs> okay, so so people are doing bundling you take something brand new and you bundle it with something that maybe is not so brand new or two things that can be used together yeah. or Alex and Ani takes their bracelets and they bundle them all together and you know a bracelet by itself might be $28 but a bundle is 128 you know just figure it out there are there are ways to still to still sell and create product opportunities Jason you were saying something earlier about Amazon fulfillment yeah, I mean, with with what's been going on, um, you know, Amazon, and this has been now for for a few weeks now. Amazon is, is really trying to fulfill essential products first, and uh, Walmart as well, uh, Walmart.com, and and even the stores, uh, Walmart stores are contributing to it as well. So I, I had a, a a friend in the industry send a picture, and it was of the local Walmart um, in her town. And it was the craft area was pretty much bare. There was obliterated. nothing obliterated. <laughs> and, um, you know, what I found out is it's because of the the uh, supply chain, the distribution, um, you know, they were have to focus all their efforts on getting things out that are essential. And so non-essentials, um, and you can argue the crafts are essential in this time, but whatever. Um, I know Joanne's trying to, um, you know, they, they just weren't able to, to get this 
the shelf stocked. Um, so, but this is an opportunity, right, for the right. independents and to those who are not online. Again, it's just another constant reminder that that this is an opportunity for you um, to be online and be open and be present. Um, and again, like kind of take advantage of the fact that these big guys, they're busy um, with the essentials. Yeah. And you have this opportunity to sell and really go toe to toe with them, especially yeah. in regionally. Look for your categories, go for it. Mm -hmm. So Rich, you know, in this time where we're opening up stores again, you know, we, we've gone around, we've looked in windows of stores that are still closed and some of them are pretty abysmal. You know, I, I went through one town where I think probably every other store just had piles of boxes in their front windows. And I'm sure they were doing that because they were trying to fulfill online orders, but you can't do that. And so now when your stores are open and rich and you've got a thousand things to worry about. Are my employees safe? Are my customers safe? Did I sanitize that? Did I wipe down every cart? Did I wipe down every basket? Am I using the fitting rooms? Am I all of the things that you have to worry about the science of keeping people safe? You still can't stop merchandising your sales floor. Well, yeah, you can, and then just close the store, right? You know, and you, I guess that's a smart way of saying, a smart aleck way of saying that. It's really important to put your best foot forward even better than you've ever done it before. And you, the manager, you know, managers and owners are the people that know how to do these things really well. But that's not the point. The point is teams of people should be opening cartons that have come in during all this time that haven't been shown right. And they should be coming out and become sultan of sizzle. They should have, they should have fun with it, but they should show it the way it should. It'll sell product. Uh, and 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 you know what? I got to tell you something. I wouldn't want a customer walking in close to my store and have it look one percent like it was before they closed the stores down. It, that would be a disappointment. So now what I'm saying is about every three weeks that store's got to flip itself, and that means everybody's got to have personal responsibilities on areas and items, and they've got to constantly keep changing, keep signing, keep everything moving around, so that when I walk in. Next week, I'm going to look at, I'm going to say, oh, when did you get this? When did you get this? And you know the routine, George. You, you want to look at the customer and say, well, we've had it since last year, but you know, it's, I'm being facetious. The point is, we said it, it's an amusement park. It's Disneyland. You walk in, take a look at the castle. That should be thrilling display of something. And then just start walking around and control where they go. So be a so, professional. So before we wrap it up here, just I'm gonna wrap up what you just said about merchandising. So it doesn't matter, even though you have a thousand things to do that are different, you still can't neglect what your store looks like. You still need to go to the front door and look in the front door and write down all the things that are wrong that need to be fixed, tweak that list, follow that list, prioritize it and make it happen. Make sure that the fixtures directly in front of the customer's line of sight when they walk in the front door are dressed and cross-merchandised and changed once a week whether they need it or not. And Make sure the fixtures on your front right and your front left are merchandised well, that your windows are done well, that you have, you have impulse items at the checkout counter and adjacent to the checkout counter. 
because all of these things make a difference. You can't, you cannot let the way your store looks slide, even though you're busy cleaning everything 47,000 times a day. So, you know, what we would say to a store owner, George, if we were in, you got to, uh, you have to anoint three people, Sultan of Sizzle. And, and it's their job to make it really sparkle in the store. And if you don't have three people, you got to do it yourself. And the, as we bring it home here, Jason, I'm going to turn it back over to you in a second. Never forget that you have two stores and you're going to have two stores for a very long time. And those two stores are your brick and mortar as you reopen and the store that you have that you're selling online via your website, via social media. You're going to have two stores for as long as we can see into the future. And maybe that, and that may all be lucrative for you and you want to do it anyway, but don't forget you have them both. All right. Two stores, both equally important. And, uh, and with all that, um, guys, thanks again for, for joining us for another episode of the Retail Adventures podcast with George Ann Bender, Rich Kaiser, and myself, Jason Baum. Um, I just want to say thank you to George and Rich for, for even having me on this podcast. I know I did this before, but I'm going to do it again. The amount of information that comes from these two, I mean, if you have the opportunity to hire them and bring them to your store, and I can't think of a better time than right now, <clears throat> because, you know, there's, there's so much going on, so much uncertainty. Uh, it's an investment. You make an investment sometimes in, in yourself, in your business. And I know that maybe in, an, in, a, in a pandemic, you're probably like, well, now is not the time to invest. I would counter that with saying, actually, now is the perfect time to invest because you need to better, be better than everyone else. That's how you survive, right? That's how you survive in this retail landscape. That's how you're the, the, the salon who's open on the side of the road in their parking lot doing business when the salon down the street can't. That's how you're able to get by. And these two have that, that wealth of knowledge. And I, I'm just doing a, a plug for, for Kaiser and Bender because you guys are awesome. You've been around for 30 years as a business, which is um, you know older than me. That's not true, but whatever. <laughs> I'd like to think it is. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a true honor to be able to be on this podcast with you guys. And this being our eighth podcast, I just thought I would say thank you. Thank you, Jason. Cool. That was very nice. Thank you, Jason. We enjoy working with you too. I mean, your your marketing abilities, you guys could see them. They speak for themselves. Um, yeah, 30 years, Kaiser. This is our 30th year. We're not seeing each other very much, but just based on the fact that we haven't killed each other in 30 years, I'd say we're winning. Hashtag winning. George, I had a full head of hair when I met you. Look what it's done to me. And now that we've been apart, my hair's coming back. Honest to goodness, I, I got to show you peach fuzz up in the front. Good. <laughs> I was, was going to say, is this the strangest year? You know, knowing you guys, I, I don't want to assume, but is this the strangest year of the 30 years? Oh, my yes. God. Yeah. 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 We went to the office yesterday because we were doing Zoom calls with retailers who signed up for coaching. And um, our office is pretty big, and we have multiple rooms. So Rich was in one room, and I was in the other room, but we were echoing. So I ended up, it, our, it, our office is a farmhouse. It was built in 1948, nine, 1848, 
it's this big old farmhouse. I was sitting in the hallway <laughs> the whole time. So it kind of defeated the purpose, but we're, you know, we're not used to not seeing each other. And, and it's kind of hard when you're, when you're speaking on zoom, because we're looking at each other, but you know, I pick up my cue when we're speaking, I pick up my cues from him by the way he walks and the way he moves. And I can tell, you know, by what, the way he says a sentence, just by observing him, I can tell when he's done and I can jump in and it, it's kind of a different awkward place. And, and I know that he just really misses having me around because, you know, life has to be awfully boring. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put words in your mouth, Rich. Or it feels anything. so empty without me. <laughs> you see me? I moved up about eight feet uh, and I had, my head, I had my face right in the screen. What did he you hit say? the screen with his head. <laughs> You know, being around you guys for as long as I have, I've picked up, you know, I, well, you also kind of let me in on what some of those cues are. So I know the behind <laughs> the scenes a little bit there, but it's true. I feel like sometimes I even know what you guys are going to say based on the reactions <laughs> I could see in, you know, on Zoom, it's interesting because you can see them um, through a camera lens, but yeah, in person, I mean, I, I know you guys uh, for so long, I can pick up on them myself, but. Uh, so Rich is coming to you from his home office. Right. Jason is coming to you from his living room, which is gorgeous, by the way. Oh, thank you. And I am coming to you from the Great Hall at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> We're using All our right. virtual backgrounds. Georgian, are you, are you, in, are you in, in Universal now? Or is, no, is that Disney? Well, I'm in Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Did you just ask if, did you just ask oh, if, yeah, that, if the, wait, wait, wait. Just she's coming live. <laughs> did you just ask if the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was at Disney? No. No. Yeah, you did. You totally did. Universal is revoking your annual pass. Jason, you better end it right on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the Rich Kaiser shirt of the day, folks. (laughs) Coming to you live from Hogwarts in Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemy. Look, you make one mistake and they bury you with it, man. (laughs) Oh, we're burying you with it. I was waiting for it for the whole podcast because I feel like that's been our weekly thing, and there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing this this podcast. So no, you also I, I'm always good for one, and it, it might come in the last minute, but it. <laughs> Jason, you did one too. You said I've been sprayed. <laughs> I yeah. Well, all right. Well, there's mine this week. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, you can find more on our Retail Adventures blog. It's retailadventuresblog.com. And if you go to our website, kaiserandbender.com, and at the very top of the page, you can see our COVID-19 retail during and after COVID-19 webinars. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. Right, Jason? That's right. You can subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Play, and a whole bunch of other places. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.